tools and systems. Oh, how we love these. (laughs) But like everything else in our business lives, it's about the strategy you use to implement them. Having a plan, knowing what a process can do. Those ideas go far in providing you motivation to take the time to learn a tool or the time to build out a system. You know, I've had many a conversation with my clients that this one tool is not going to magically fix or propel their businesses. You know, tools and systems are amazing and we need to give them the proper attention so that they work for us as well as know the best order in which to administer them. So today's guest, Brittany Dixon of Brittany & Co. is a master system strategist. She is the host of the Process for Profit podcast where creative entrepreneurs are supported to find revenue-generating systems that support sustainable growth and impact for their business. Today, we go in-depth to the approach to building systems and using automations in your business. Brittany breaks it down so it isn't daunting to know where to start. Systems, they create freedom. You know, it's about the life you want to live as you build your business. And systems allow for the ability to scale your business. And that's some long game thinking. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The Long Game is my approach to business. The actual day in and day out philosophy that you have to show up, You have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long-game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking planning, productivity, and process improvement with my guest, Brittany Dixon of Brittany & Co. You know, we talk a lot about systems here. (laughs) We talk a lot about systems here on The Long Game. You know, we know that they're the key to kicking overwhelm and to scaling your business. And Brittany is the ultimate systems woman. (laughs) So we met through her Talk Trello to Me online course. I'm a lover of Trello and, you know, use it for organizing practices and processes. So I just want to know, like, how did you discover your knack for organization? You know, how does that come about and you decide? And Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a long journey, right? Like everyone has, but I've always been that type A super organized planner, always. Like even when I was like 16, I was that person that had like color-coded binders and labels and like all the things in high school. And people were like, what are you doing? That's weird. So I've always been that organized person. And then when I got out of high school, I was like, you know what? I want to be a wedding planner. That sounds really fun. I was like, I'm good at organizing. Weddings sound amazing. The whole nine yards. So I actually went to... I got certified for wedding planning. I, I worked for a wedding planner here locally did a little bit of that, found out I hated weddings, but like the logistics and planning piece was amazing. (laughs) That sounds so stressful to me. (laughs) It was very stressful. Yeah. I mean, you're managing not just like details and logistics, but like people and personalities and vendors and brides and Oh. oh, yeah. I was like, and it was nights and weekend. I was like, oh, this might not be what I want to do, but <laughs> loved the planning piece of it, logistics. So 
I actually worked for a corporate restaurant doing something very similar. So I was doing event planning more in the corporate space. We still did some social stuff, but it was more of like the back end details, Monday through Friday, nine to five, there were no weekends. So I did that for a while. And then I actually started a side hustle to organize people's houses because I had twins. I kind of came across this love of organization. And I was like, people won't pay me for that. Well, then I read this book and it was called Your Ordinary Superpower. And then I was like, everything just clicked. And I'm like, oh, it comes really easy to me, but it doesn't come really easy to everyone else. So that's kind of when I shifted into the, okay, I can have the side hustle. I can organize people's houses. I'm a mom of twins. So I knew I could go into like the twin mom market because, you know, we're all busy parents. Yeah. And like they need some systems and organization in their house. So I did that as a side hustle. And then I actually ended up getting let go from my job and it kind of like fell into entrepreneurship fully. (laughs) So never had intentions of making it a full-time thing. And then it kind of just happened. And then it's kind of shifted from there. So I've always just been that person. I just love organizing everything. I love how entrepreneurism just shows up too, you know, like, okay, you were kind of doing some stuff on the <laughs> side and then it went in. I mean, my story is similar in that the the company I was working for closed. I literally yeah. lost my job on a Friday and went into labor on a Monday. And I was like, who's going to hire oh me? Gosh. And then, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start on my own. You know, yeah. that's whole thing. So yeah, I, get I actually I got let go because I was an out-of-the-box thinker and I was doing things with an old school corporate company and they're like, What do you mean? That's not we've never done that before. I'm like, but it's working. <laughs> so it was it was I mean, blessing in disguise, right? Like it was not great at the time that it happened, but then looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad because I would have still been there because it was a really, I mean, it was a really well-paying job and it was easy. I mean, it was stressful, but yeah. So blessing in disguise, I'm glad they kicked me out because now we're here. I love it. And, you know, you've been at this now for a few years. And, you know, of course, you've developed a system or two for your own business. So number one, I do just want to go back to Trello for a second. You just have to tell me, like, what is your favorite system that you've set up in Trello? Because I use it for so many different things. So, yeah. So it's so, so funny. I was actually the Trello queen. I did all things Trello for the longest time. I've got the Trello course. I talked about Trello for years. I've actually transitioned out of Trello. I'm now in Asana just from some of the different things I'm doing within my business and contractors and stuff. But I always tell people it's not the tool that actually is the magic. It's the system you set up inside the tool because my entire Trello system came with me when I went to Asana. So, But one of the, my most favorite things that I set up that really helped streamline things was when I started my podcast. Like mm-hmm. My podcast is literally like the most well-oiled machine in the entire business. It is. I can record content in like four hours. I can p- give that off to my editor and then like everything's done because we have checklists and we have processes and we have things in place. So that was initially set up in Trello. We moved it over to Asana, but that helped me to outsource that and give that to him so that I didn't have to do editing in the back end, which I wouldn't have a podcast if I had to edit. So oh my <laughs> that's gosh, probably totally. a good thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love that that piece that you can also create a template and yeah. so that you can just reuse something. So if it's a process that happens weekly, like a podcast, yeah. you're just making a brand new checklist for yourself. And yep. I work with my VA who I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without her because she just yeah. goes down the checklist. Exactly. Does, 
so much to, to help move the project forward. So awesome. So, you know, let's hop right in. You know, I know you've got some rules to live by when it comes to processes. So, you know, number one, work on the right tasks. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. When I kind of transitioned into the space, so I, like I said, I started the professional organizing business. I started doing that. I actually got into the space, the online space accidentally. I Googled <laughs> business coaches and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing running a business. I need a business coach, right? So then didn't know it at the time, but I got retargeted on Facebook. And she was like, oh my gosh, you could totally do this in the online space, like productivity coaching and all of that. So I kind of started down that productivity coaching route. And then I just saw so many business owners like spinning their wheels, working 17 hours, and none of them were growing because they didn't, they weren't working on the right things. They didn't have the right processes in place to leverage their time. And I did this too. When I, the whole first nine months I was working in the online space, I was like, oh, I have to have the perfect funnel and a website and the beautiful branding. And like, but I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. So I was working on all of those right. things, working 17 hours a day with no purpose and no strategy. And I was literally just spinning my wheels constantly. So I see too many people working on the wrong things that aren't actually even growing the business or making them money, which we're all in business to help people, right? But you can't have a sustainable business without money, right? Like eventually... And, and money allows you to yeah, make an impact in because other then, ways. Yeah, because then if you're making money and you're bringing people onto your team, you can start growing bigger and making a bigger impact. But if you're not making money you're technically not going to be able to make an impact because eventually you're going to burn out. So and I was definitely guilty of this for the first nine, 10 months until it kind of like clicked that you have to have systems and work on the right things. But yeah, I see too many entrepreneurs just getting started in the space and they're like branding and logos and funnels and courses before they even know what the heck they're doing. So I always tell people it's really hard to plan your day without planning your year. And I think a lot of people don't do the big picture long-term planning to kind of know what they need to be working on daily to get there. So that creates this like spiral and hustle and burnout and all of that. And it's not good. Yeah. I always talk with my clients about you have to work with clients to know what the next step is because yep. they get caught up in, you know, and, and and granted, I am a branding person. So yeah, yeah the website, all of this, but you it's don't all have important. to yeah. fledged. For sure. They get caught up on that when Working with the client is going to take you to the next step naturally because yep. you understand the questions they're asking. You can then spark an idea to say, oh, I want to do more of this or yeah. I really don't like doing this. Yeah. You know, it's the <laughs> ultimate, it's, it's like your journey, you know, you learn yeah. through that whole piece of working in it. But, you know, I, I want to unpack this a little bit more because, you know, we always hear people talking about like, you know, you've got to work on what makes you money. So, are all of the right tasks that you're talking about income earning tasks, or do you also count implementing systems as business growth? You know, yeah. So I think I, I like to think of everything in buckets. So I actually use my BCO buckets for Brittany and Co. So works well with my branding, right? But B is the business development. So these are going to be things like connecting with people, networking, the prospecting, going to events, meeting people, relationship building, all of that kind of stuff. And then that could be like social media content and that type of thing as well. And then you have the client work, right? So client services, meetings, calls, everything with clients. And then you have operations. And I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I have so much going on here that I can't build systems. But the problem is it's like this catch-22 that will just keep continuing down the spiral because 
you can continue taking on more clients, but if it's not efficient for you to onboard and offboard them, eventually you're going to run out of time. Eventually you're going to max out at the number of clients, which means you max out your revenue. So you have to spend time in the operations bucket and really make sure that you're building some of those systems. They don't happen overnight. They change constantly, but you do have to start building those core systems. A lot of the ones I dive into really deeply are that client experience. So from the time that you talk to them until the time that you're done with their project, like even if that was the only system you worked on, that one is key because then you can bring clients in and out. They have a great experience. They talk about you constantly, but you do have to spend time on those systems in the back end for sure. Agreed. So I love that whole piece of analyzing everything as a whole, you know, not just focusing because that's that's the one thing those gurus are always saying, do, you know, earn money, earn money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't be spending time on that. I'm a big believer in that foundation of building a foundation because if you don't have those systems and processes, you're not going to be able to scale. Yeah. You know, if you can't get 5 people through it, you're going to be overwhelmed when you have 500 yeah. going through it. So, I love that you're dividing your attention in those areas so that one area isn't neglected. Yeah, for sure. And I right. do I do a lot of time blocking around that too because I think when you get into this client space, right? You're doing all these things with clients, you neglect the marketing, which means the clients then dry up and you go in this feast and famine mode constantly. So, you really do have to have that balance in all those areas for sure. Great point. All right, number two, let the tools do the heavy lifting. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm yesing this with exclamation points in my head. You know, so we we you you kind of touched on it, but what are some of the first systems? All right, you talked about the client experience. Yeah. And you know, I have that with my own clients. I I really am an adamant about onboarding and that whole experience. Like when I work with people with courses, like you want people to have the best course experience. It's yeah. easy onboarding, understanding, you know, we as entrepreneurs, we're a little bit more attuned to taking digital courses and things. But if you're outside of that realm, you know, it's a whole new world to you. Yeah. So I really emphasize that client onboarding piece and that client experience. So what are some of the other tools that you're talking about to help you get shit done faster? Yeah. So I'm going to preface it with this. So I actually have my road to scalability method because too many people jump straight to the tools before they even know what the tools are going to be doing. So then you see this shiny object syndrome where they're like, oh, my friend told me to use Kajabi and my other told friend told me to use Kartra and here's ClickFunnels and I'm going to bounce around to all three because I don't know which one's best. There's so much lost time in that. You really just need to figure out what your strategy is and what the long game is, right? Like what that big yeah. picture is then determine if those tools fit within that big picture. Now, again, there's like a catch 22, right? Like you don't want to pay for something that you're not ready for, but you also need to make sure it's going to be there for long-term growth. And you need to optimize it before you try to automate. I see way too many people automate broken processes too. So I think we're going to dive into that a little bit. But some of the key ones, so client onboarding is huge. I think a CRM, which I think mm -hmm. the words, the acronym CRM scares people because they're like, oh, I'm not a big company. I don't need a CRM. It's fine. But even just yourself, like you have to keep up with those relationships. How many people do you know? How many times have you talked to them? How many different ways of communicating do you have, right? Like Facebook, email, Instagram, like all the places. So you need a customer relationship management tool. And they have really simplified ones for solopreneurs to be able to keep track of your clients, potential clients, referral partners, leads, things like that. So that's kind of that first piece is like the sales process. Then you would kind of touch on that onboarding process. So more of the proposals, contracts, onboarding them, getting them into the project, and then the offboarding piece. 
And then the other one I think is really key is project management. And again, I think that scares solopreneurs and I think it scares creatives because they're like, oh, I don't need a project management tool. It's just me. It's fine. But honestly, I live by Asana. I have all of my stuff at Asana. It's not in my head. I don't have notebooks everywhere. And then it allows me to start outsourcing because those things are actually in a tool that I can give to a VA or a podcast editor or whatever that looks like. So those are kind of like the core three areas. And then obviously, you start talking about courses, then you you kind of bring those pieces in too. But those are probably like the core systems I would say any online service provider is going to need for sure. And I want to touch on the CRM piece because that's so important to organize your business from the inside. I mean, you cannot be doing for everyone else when your house is a mess, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Like, and not only your productivity wise and things like that, but also like your headspace wise, you want to be able to, I'm a big data person as well. Like I I use Dubsado for my CRM and, you know, I open it every morning and I can see where I'm at near my goals. If there's invoices that have are overdue, like all of those things as a solopreneur that I'm using this system to help me manage my business so that I don't have to worry like, Oh, let me, let me, send that invoice. Yeah. Like, literally, when I set up a project, the invoices all get set up. And then, you know, that was a big thing for me because I would be in work, work, work mode. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, I haven't done invoicing in four months. And people would get mad, you know, rightfully so. Yeah. Like, just giving us this bill. I'm like, I know, I know, <laughs> but you know, and that, well, be- and then that, that hurts the business too, right? Like then you don't have cash flow coming in that month. And then that's that up and down roller coaster. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was hurting my business and their business because they were getting this bill being like, and also sometimes it was like after the fact, they'd be like, oh, we haven't talked to you. And I'm like, here's your bill. Yeah, Um, I mean, it was all cool. But that was that was part of my own stepping up to run my business properly. So things go smooth. So I think that's a really big piece. Because when we think of systems, we're like, usually talking about what's my system for my social media? Or how am I repurposing? Like everybody things outward or what's my sales system and my funnel. funnel. Yeah. Funnels. Right. People Like you say systems and they're like, Oh, I don't need a funnel. I was like, no, no, no. Like it's even just a checklist of what you need to do for a client onboarding. Like that's a system. Mm-hmm. So completely, completely. Yeah. And, and the more you get in, like you can really break everything down into minutia. I mean, that's one of the things that I do with, with the clients I work with. I give them like a checklist for yep. here's how to do this one task. Yep. You know, just this one task. Here's how to do it yep. so that you can just zip through. So I, I, I think that's a big piece in terms of looking at the overall business. Like think of your own business as part of that as well. Yeah. And I, I again, I kind of just think in those buckets, right? So like operations and then client services, like you have to break it down because it can be really overwhelming. Like systems, processes, tools, automation, it can be really overwhelming. But you have to kind of like just dive in and start. And I always like to just get people in that mindset, like thinking in systems, because once you have that switched over, you always go back to that. You're like, oh, let me create a template so that that's faster next time. Or, oh, let me go update that process because it's not working anymore. So like, I don't want to just teach systems. I want people to think in systems because they're all always ongoing. It's never stopping because the first time you bring on a person, your systems change. The first time you change a tool, mm-hmm. your systems change. When you bring on uh, contractors, like things change constantly. So you just have to really think in systems. But these tools can do the heavy lifting if you put in the time and effort to get them set up for sure. 
And that's another great point. The systems are going to help you with growth because if you bring on a person, you can then show them the system that's created and you can cut down that time of their getting assimilated into the, into the company, into their workflow that they have to do setting systems along the way, even before you think you need them kind of thing, or or even documenting the systems, I should say. For sure. Yes. yes. And this, They've made it even easier with tools like Loom, where you can literally just screen record and talk through. I was just doing recordings this morning because I'm bringing on a community manager and I literally created like four things in like 30 minutes. I was like, here's how we organize Google Drive. This is how we do this. This is how we do this. And you just talk through it and then you label it and organize it in a folder and you can say, go there to watch the training. So now I'm not involved in that training process beyond those videos. And if I bring on another person, I don't have to create videos again because they're there. So really just, again, thinking in systems and making sure you're documenting as you go if you have goals for growing and bringing people on for sure. Agreed. All right. Number three is automate, automate, automate. I love it. Yes. It's in my ear. <laughs> so, you know, so there's a number of things going on here. So let's, I'll, I'll let you start and then yeah. I'll about it. Okay. So the first thing is do not automate broken processes. Please streamline your processes before you automate things. I've seen way too many automations go awry. I've done it myself. I'm like, oh, I'll just automate that. It's fine. I'll just connect that with Zapier and it'll do its thing. But if you haven't thought out the full process and you haven't thought out how those tools are connected and you haven't thought about like customer experience and what that looks like, you're going to break things when you automate. So I use Zapier for most of my automations. That was I one of my questions. Love it. <laughs> I th- I, that was my th- number one question. Like, yeah. are you a Zapier fan? And I love their um, logo. Zapier makes you happier because it does. It takes away mm-hmm. some of those minute tasks that you really don't need to be doing. So, for example, for me, every time I sign on a new client, I actually use a system called Plutio. So it's very similar to Dubsado. I'm actually not a Dubsado fan, even though everyone loves it, right? But anyways, when they sign on and they sign their contract and proposal and all of that, it actually, that system creates a new project automatically. So it's very similar to Dubsado. But I went one step farther and I said, when a a project's created in Plutio, I want to create a zap that creates a Google Drive folder automatically for them, right? Like, I don't need to be going in and creating a Google Drive folder with their name on it. That's something that could be automated. And I always tell people to automate before you try to outsource too, right? Because if you could automate a bunch of things that you would pass off to a VA, maybe you could pay $20 for Zapier to automate versus $120 to pay that VA to do those things, right? So you have to really look at and make sure you have your systems in place before you automate. And once you automate, then you can start outsourcing and delegating. Yeah, agreed completely. And I love that idea too of let the pay the tool yeah <laughs> save you a little bit of money because you might not be ready or there are other you know we all have this laundry list of to do uh-huh. that like then don't have your va spending her time on these things free it up so she can be working on these other things so you know exactly. and, and instead of it's it's just a better way to manage time and money and oh for sure yeah i mean when I brought on my, um, so she's community manager and admin person, I, I had a bunch of like random admin tasks. And even just when in hiring her, I was like, okay, are any of these things able to be automated before I give them to her? Because I'd rather her focus more on community management and then that be kind of the background, right? So I just kind of looked through that list of items and I was like, you know what? I think that if we connect this in with this process, this can be a zap that we create. So I'm just going to take this off her list. 
So really just making sure that you kind of have that mapped out and that you can look at those things. But again, it's thinking in systems, right? So then you're thinking, you're like, oh, I don't need to manually create those Google Drive folders. Let me create a zap for that. Or like Dubsado, you're invoicing stuff that all is kind of automated in the back end with that workflow. But you had to sit through and think through that what that process was before you could do that. So mm-hmm. automation is a very hot word. Everyone's like, oh, I want to automate everything. I want to s- make money in my sleep. And you can to a degree, right? There's a lot of marketing that goes into those funnels that are automated and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you really need to think through the process before you automate too much. And I I just did a episode, episode number 36 or 34 yeah. <laughs> on onboarding automations and segmenting. And you know, I talked about automations with your course and membership site because there's a lot you can do as a solopreneur in your course software that will automate the management like of a membership site, for instance, like if someone cancels, do this, this, that, you know, all those things, because again, it's about scale. You know, when you have 10 people in your membership site, you're watching it. It's fine to manually do things. Oh, I know what you're doing, this (laughs) and that. But then when you have 500 people, how are you going to manage that? So I, I, I really teach people to be aware of that automation piece and use that in their system software as well. And again, it all comes back to my road to scalability, right? Like you have to have that long term, big picture strategy, then you go in and optimize those systems for that strategy, then you can start automating. So really making sure that you know what you're even trying to do with this big picture Mm -hmm. helps so so much. And I know you're a Kajabi fan, I'm actually Kartra all the way. (laughs) But it does all of those same things, right? So if somebody watches my masterclass, they can sign up and purchase my membership site. And I don't do anything with that. They automatically get a welcome email with a login email. There's a welcome video because I've mapped out that experience. They get logged in. It walks them through the whole process and says, here are your next steps. This is what you do. But you have to think that through and make sure that that's a really great experience and then find those touch points that you can say, I don't need to do this manually. Let's set up an automation. If they cancel, let's set up an automation and really look through those those different areas for sure. Great point. And, and it's about sometimes just slowing yourself down and because it does take time. That's the piece. Like you had mentioned it earlier that setting up systems takes time. It takes time to sit down and say, what are the steps they're going to go through? But it's so worth it because it's long game thinking and it takes you over. For sure. And I always, I use the analogy like When you are in the business, you're like down on a city block, like looking around the corner and you can't really see things. You can't see around. You're like, oh, I'm lost. I don't know what the next step is. But when you are in a plane or a helicopter, you're above that city, you can see where things are and you can see what things you need to work on. So I think especially solopreneurs really just need to take the time to kind of step out and work on the business and like Mm -hmm. CEO time. And using that CEO time to find ways to streamline, find ways to automate, find ways to document processes so they can hand things off. I see way too many people working in their business too much, and then they can't scale and it's just hustle. Well, it's the perfect segue into number four. We're going to talk about delegate, which, you know, it really gives you the ability, you know, if, if you're delegating and taking those tasks that you should not be working on. You're yeah. <laughs> then to work on the task, the overviews, those bigger picture things that you should be working yeah. on. So I see a few things with delegation uh, and myself included control, right? Like 
but this is the, I'm the only one that knows how to do it. I do it the best (laughs) way, right? We've all done that. We're like, no, nobody else can do it the same way. But the truth is almost everything can be done your way if you teach them correctly. So again, goes back to your Loom videos and you're documenting your processes and making sure that you've mapped that out and trained them correctly. Because if you show them the way and you've got good communication in place, then they're going to do it that way. And then even if they don't do it that way, if the end result's still the same, you have to kind of give up that power and that control a little bit because you need to be working on things that are going to grow the business. You need to be working on revenue generating tasks, not onboarding clients when they can go through a checklist. So I've seen some people delegate way too early. They weren't ready. They didn't have systems in place. I've seen people that they're like, oh my gosh, I went through seven VAs and I just don't know what the issue is. And I'm like, you're the common denominator. (laughs) You're the common denominator of those seven VAs, right? So did you give them systems? Did you have communication in place? Did you have this? Did you train them? They're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, well, that might be the problem with delegating. So I've, I've kind of seen a gamut and I've seen all the different areas. I've also seen business owners, because they're so busy, give up too much control of their things and passwords and usernames. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a couple of times not turn out well. So I always tell people, if you're delegating, make sure that you are in control of the things. So using something like LastPass to give out passwords instead of saying, here's my username and password to my entire Google account, right? Like if something went sour, the whole thing could be shut down and you could lose your business. So making sure that you're really smart about delegating and giving them access, not the other way around, because I've seen some bad stuff happen. I see that all the time too with web design and people saying, I have no idea where to get my, like they come to me and I'm like, I can't even access anything. I don't, you know, the hosting, all of that. And I've had some weird instances where I am drafting email. Like I have to draft an email to say, this is the language to use for the person, um, you know, because they're, and they're so emotionally tied to it. And I said, oh gosh, people have a, (laughs) I don't want to know about it when it comes to technology. And I'm always working to help people break that barrier a little bit. Like, it's okay. You should, you know, you need to be in control of everything that is yours. And here's the thing. Like, I think you need to, you need to be in control of it for sure from like a password security standpoint, right? And you need to know it to a degree that you can high level look at it, right? So perfect example, Mm -hmm. I don't do numbers. Numbers are not my jam. Bookkeeping, no, I hate every second of it. So I outsourced that real quick. I was like, somebody take over my books, right? But at the same time, I have to know enough to know that they're doing it correctly or Mm -hmm. incorrectly, right? So like, I have to be in there enough that I can see if something's awry. I can see if something's broken. I can see if something needs changed or isn't being done correctly. You as the CEO have to know enough in these systems to have like a baseline knowledge. One, to be able to kind of outsource and give that to them, right? But two, just to make sure that things are going the way they're supposed to be going. Now, you don't have to be an expert in everything, right? You can't be an expert in all the things. There's way too many things. And you're typically hiring people to be the expert in that area. But you do have to be in control of those password pieces. And you do have to know enough to know what's going on for sure. Agree. It's like the analogy of you know everything from sweeping the floors up to the CEO. Like you've got to know what makes your business work. Yeah, for sure. 
And I think there's a lot that also gives you a comfort level. You know, oh, I work yeah. with technology where a lot of women will say, I don't want any part of it. You handle it. And I'm constantly <laughs> sending them, like you said, Loom videos to be like, this is it. Because they'll say, oh, you know, you're not going anywhere, are you? Because I'll say, hey, I got to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'd like to talk about email marketing, you know, but like, because they need to have an inside track into how to run things. So I'm always, I'm an oversharer in that. I'm like, here's how to do it. Send you a room. You have to understand. With my bookkeeping, it's that way. Like I know enough to be dangerous. Basically, I'm like, I know what's happening and I know what you're doing, but like, I don't need to be in there on a daily basis. Same thing with the podcast, right? Like once I pass content off, he knows what he's doing. He's the expert. He's doing the editing. He's doing the graphics. He's doing that, but I can see what's happening. And I know the, the basic process to know enough if he's actually doing it the right way, if he's doing it how it's supposed to be done. So you, you just have to have those pieces in place. But a lot of that comes back to optimizing your systems, knowing what the processes are, and then automating before you get to that delegation process. So just, just make sure you're doing it smart. Make sure you're delegating smartly, for sure. So on point. I'd love to take a little peek inside your business. You know, you mentioned that you've got this masterclass. We know, you know, the masterclass that you offer, which I love the name, How to Work Smarter, Not Harder, and Double Your Revenue. Um, There will be a link in the show notes for anyone who'd like to hop on. So, you know, can you share with us as a business owner how, you know, utilizing this webinar workshop concept as a tool has helped your business? Because it seems to me that this approach checks off number one for your list. All the boxes. (laughs) So it's you're free to work on other areas. Number two, you're letting the tools do the heavy lifting here for like lead generation. And number three, it's automated, you know, which I love. So people can hop in and get inspiration for their business when they need it. You know, that's something rather than a launch, like doing evergreen. And launches, I I did some launches and they're just so time consuming and draining. And really they pull you away from everything for that launch period. You're not able to do anything. And then it's that feast and famine again, right? So then you're sucked into this launch for whatever two month timeframe and you're not building relationships. So then as soon as the launch is over, you have no clients, you have no people coming in because you didn't do sales. So I was never a fan of the launch model. So I dived into Evergreen and I created a masterclass. And basically what I did is I launched it. I did launch it live the first time and I launched it live a second time to tweak and change it. But after I got really good conversion rates, I was like, all right, this is going on Evergreen. Basically what happens is I have this class that they can go to at any point. And all I have to do is send traffic. So I am doing social media posts. I'm doing lives. I'm doing interviews, podcasts, guest expert trainings, whatever I'm doing, that's what I talk about. I'm like, I talk about this more in my free training. Go watch that. They watch the training. And at the end, it pitches them my membership. And again, that's all completely automated. So as soon as someone purchases, they get automatic access into the membership portal, the welcome email, the login information, it tells them next steps. So from a automation standpoint, someone could purchase that while I'm sleeping, right? They could be watching that and say, hey, I really need that. Purchase it. And I wake up and I have a new member. So I I wanted that in place for me because that's reoccurring revenue. And it's still really high touch point. Like I do group coaching calls with them. I meet with them for planning calls, all of that. And it's still touch points. But they can get it when they need it. They can get in, mm-hmm. they can get started. They can watch the videos, and then they can get access to me. So I've got twins at home. I run the business full time. I, you know, have a personal life, like things. And I wanted something in place that really allowed me to take some time off if I needed to, or to not feel so pressured to have clients constantly. And the Evergreen model has just been amazing. So 
Yeah, I'm coming out with a course this spring and I'm going to launch it as Evergreen as well because I feel like people come to you and and this is my experience when working with a number of different clients, even clients who do launches, we always get people who come three weeks after the launch and say, I need this, but they're already (laughs) started. So I feel like you have to know your audience as well. And there is a value of going through with everybody. You know, if it's a course that you are taking people through week by week and you need to do that and they need to do that as a group, but there are certain things too. It depends on the, the makeup of your, like yours is a membership. So they come in and they are getting that high touch point with you right away. So, you know, they're able to come in at any time. And I find that really, you know, you that's the differentiator when people start saying like, well, should I keep doing launches or evergreen? Look at your content. Like, are people able to hop in at any point and yeah. help themselves a bit? Or do they need a walkthrough type of thing? Yeah. And mine's, mine's kind of a hybrid because it's kind of the course material and then the membership, like group coaching calls and things. So it's a little bit of a hybrid, but it's still something that even if the next call wasn't for a week or whatever that looks like, they can still get in and do those training videos and watch those tutorials and get started and then like make a list of questions for when they come to the calls. So yeah, I mean, Evergreen just it frees up your time. And then really all that you're doing with it instead of launching constantly is you're tweaking, you're looking at the numbers, the conversions, you may need to re-record the webinar again, but that's like a two hour process instead of launching for two months, right? So then you're just watching reports and then you're sending people there. Like everything you do, all of your content just sends people there to watch this class to get value. And then if it's a good fit, then they purchase at the end. So, And I think that sending traffic piece, it works for your overall business as well and your overall branding because... If one thing isn't right, they want one-on-one. They want, you know, they're they're learning, they're coming into your world. So you're yep. using your time wisely for all of those efforts. Yeah. Even yeah, because the- even if they don't purchase, right? Like they go through the whole masterclass, they've seen my teaching style, they've seen what I'm about, how I talk about things. They get to the end, they're like, oh, that's not for me. They're still on my email list. So now they're going to get emails when I do anything. They're going to emails if I launch the webinar live again. I actually am doing one of those where I'm doing it live just to see people's engagement and maybe need to change the evergreen version of that. So it just allows you to free up a lot of your time and not be stuck in launching month after month after month constantly because launching is exhausting. Right. And it gives you a purpose too. Like it's, uh, it is your funnel. It gives you a purpose with your social media, all of that to say, like, I have a focus. Yep. That's constant. Focus is key. Places (laughs) like Clubhouse, when they open up, you've got an established piece to be able to drive people to. So I want to wrap up with something a little bit of fun. And there's also a really good lesson in here for my community too. You know, when you are in Brittany's world, she just mentioned you get her emails. She does such a good job of letting you know about her. So I love finding out some likes. I love finding out like how you spend your time. You do share a lot with your audience. And I read that you are a cheese board lover. So let's talk cheese. Oh, gosh. All of them. I love all of them. What is your favorite? What do you have going on here? So I really love smoked Gouda and Brie. Like those are probably my top two. But honestly, I am open to all cheeses. Like all the cheeses with the fancy jams and crackers. Like Mm, I could have a cheese board like every single Friday night with some wine. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I am all about it. I'm a Midnight Moon girl, which is a goat's milk cheese, but it's very kind of similar. It's made in Holland. It's similar to Gouda, and it has that look with the rind is purple. 
Oh, my favorite color is purple. Right. I'm so going to have to check that you out. You have to check it out. And it's good with like a sliced apple. Like I oh, love yeah. like a cheese with a sliced apple, just fresh. So, this sounds so um, great. <laughs> awesome. Right, right. We got a little cheesy here at the end, but haha. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, everyone, be sure to hit up the show notes page, you know, for links to Brittany's website. She's got her services, her links to the masterclass that you you definitely have to sign up for and get inspired and get yourself together. And thank you so much, Brittany, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.